Hey, hey. I'm, I'm really sorry about the the episode that almost happened. Oh, um, welcome out to Third World Linux episode 92. I'm Zhao. My name is Ag, and this is the uh, second time we're recording this episode. About well, the first three or four minutes of the first Because one. Technical difficulties. <laughs> no, not technical difficulties. Paranoia on my part. Yeah, <laughs> it's good paranoia. Don't mind. I don't mind it. Yeah, um, and and speaking of paranoia, the voting machines. <laughs> <laughs> last week, I was supposed to add that I was there. It was my six-hour ordeal at the polls. Uh, what happened was the reason why it took me six hours to be able to cast my vote was because one of the vote counting machines got broken, pretty much overheat, and for every precinct, they only allotted only one machine. Right. Like not like the year before not the, the election prior to that, there were four machines per precinct. Okay. Now it's only one per precinct. So fun times, right? Uh, the thing is, uh, what happened was they had to call uh, commission elections, like the regional, like the regional office. Right. To like, bring hey, a... one of the machines broke down. Paperwork, blah 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 blah. So they brought in a new machine, configured it like after four hours. Then they set it up after an hour because they had to do some checks and whatnot. Then after an hour, it was good to go. Uh, the best thing that happened for me was that I was seeing it in front of me how they were, how they unpacked it, how they packaged it. And uh, first funny observation number one, uh, it's, I think it's a decent or good good practice. Um, the company the that what Smart- manufactured this machine, Smartmatic, I think. Smartmatic. Yeah, Smartmatic. Their their employees are not allowed to touch the machines. Okay. They're just there to pretty much supervise the teachers and tell them what to do. Like they're just there to troubleshoot. They're not allowed to touch it. Hmm. All right. The only point that they touched it was when they locked the LC the the LCDs the SD cards when they secured it. Like they're the ones who made sure that the SD cards are in the proper compartment and sealed it. Yeah. You know. You know what? Um. They didn't even touch the SD card. Yeah, They just and, and, and yeah. to if if I were to be like if if I put my tinfoil hat on, um, I I would rather that the employees of the company that makes it handle the fucking machine over the commission on elections. No, it's it's not the commission on elections that handle it. It's the teachers. Yeah, yeah, but then like say I would rather have a private company that doesn't really have very much of a stake in this election because they've been paid already. To be the ones to wrap it up, bring it into the precinct, open it up, and have the teachers set it up. In other words, I don't want a fucking machine that came from the office of the Commission on Elections. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, me too. But in an ideal world, and this isn't an ideal world; it's the third world. Hey, hey. call out to the title! <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Uh, second funny observation: when they were unpacking the box, uh, really neat. Love it. Uh, it even included the paper, like the rolls of paper. Like, okay, this is the exact roll of paper for this number of like it could print up to this how many in your precinct up to that. Like, hmm, good. That's accountable. Uh, not not accountability, but like it's very efficient. Yeah, uh, I like that. And then it came with SIM cards <laughs> <laughs> from Smart Telecommunications. From Smart Telecommunications, one of the well, all of them are big teleco telco companies. Here because it's pretty much both of them are a duopoly. <laughs> it's pretty much a duopoly, but um, 
the funny thing about it is that it runs like the the way it sends the data, your votes, to the central server is via 3G. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a close I'm assuming I'm assuming it's not even a close network oh that it's just floating on the internet holy shit I'm just like I'm just imagining that like there's somebody out there like on Wireshark or something like like intercepting the data <laughs> no, I mean me and my sister were, freak, were freaked out that's the, that's the reason why we didn't stay because the thing is here was the deal that the Comelec uh, proposed and the teachers supplemented because again, as much I love the I love the teachers because they're just hardworking. Like yeah, they're gonna do this for you know the country. Oh, wait, by the way, um, for for people that aren't from the Philippines, the oh, reason yeah. we keep on making reference to teachers is because under the law, uh, it is teachers that do all of the counting. So like they're uh, the quote unquote impartial like election volunteers and stuff are the teachers and they were the ones that did all of the counting, uh, made sure that votes weren't spurious um, throughout, you know, the spoiled or the, the spoiled or spurious votes and that kind of thing. So uh, that's why we make reference to the teachers. All right. So the common like official proposal was that we either like, cause there were like probably 300, 400 of us in the line. Mm-hmm. And what they proposed was that, okay, the machines are broken. It's going to take us, hours to get the new machine here are your options you can just go home if you want if you don't want to wait for it or you could just cast your ballots and we're the ones who will put it in the machines (laughs) exactly me and my sister like that's a major fuck you yeah yeah you know what the sad part is people actually chose that option oh man and we me and my sister were the only ones that stayed huh I well, mean, it's the teachers and the poll watchers who were guarding, like, the poll watch, the PPCRV people were, like, looking at it with a freaking eye of a freaking lion. No, eye of a, with a falcon. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were, they were watching those papers, like, how it's being placed and, oh, guard that properly, guard that properly, because they know the risk. Yeah. And we're yeah. the only ones, because, uh, because election protocol today, right now, is it's the first time they implemented it. You're gonna get a receipt of the people you voted for, right? And you verify that it, the receipt you got is the same as the ones you wrote in your ballot. Uh huh. So the people didn't even see if they got the actual receipts. Right. Those who right. left. That's why me and my sister really secured our ballot, especially for my vote. Like for those who didn't know, I went all abstain <laughs> for this election. <laughs> yeah, dude. So one of the poll watchers were like, you waited six hours and you voted all abstain. Then you shouldn't even vote it in the first place. Then I said, no, my vote is exactly that. The reason I'm voting and the reason I'm protecting it like all hell is because I'm abstaining and I want to show everyone that I am abstaining. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but then the, the thing that kind of bothers me about that scenario, though, is... No, but- um, Wait, did you... You voluntarily showed the content of your receipt. No. Yeah, because they're not supposed to know who you voted for. Yeah. Why? Why did they-, they have no choice? They'll see it because they'll print. It's gonna print out and it's gonna be cut. Yeah, that that's kind of retarded, or not not retarded, but like part of the sanctity of the ballot is the idea that 
everybody's You're vote is private, right? Yeah. I mean, like, the fucking commission on elections makes such a big deal out of, like, not bringing cameras and shit into polling places and stuff. Well, yeah, but everybody is looking at the... Because I guess for our precinct, it was a special case. Because it was, what, 8 in the evening. It's only me and my sister there. A bunch of Kamalik officials, uh, poll watchers, and PPCRV people were highly supervising that entire process. I'm pretty sure they're not doubting the teachers, but they just want to see that it's going to be, like, everything's going to be okay. Because there are, like, three, 400 votes where the actual voters are not present. Right, right. So the PPCRV people, they, they, they were just... We, we didn't, uh, like, we didn't see, but they told us that they're gonna really look at how it's gonna be done. Cause me and my sister, at least we got our own vote, we got our own process. Like, when the receipt got cut, I received my copy, it said there, okay, um, okay, no vote, no vote, no vote, I forgot the term, undervote, I okay. think that's the term. And then I say all undervote, I'm good. Cause that's the ballot that, the actual, uh, the commission of elections, the one that will, that's the, if there's a manual recount, they'll look at the receipts. Uh, the world's most expensive pencil. Uh, what we bought? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but they're not going to do a manual recount. Like, that's why in three days he had 95% turnout. Oh, not turnout. 95% uh, like returns already. Yeah. On yeah, the third yeah. day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, Guess you won't be able to vote in your lifetime, cause you're. We're gonna stay in this in the long run. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like totally not. You're not gonna, gonna vote. Yeah, yeah I'm going to. Vote. I'm going to exercise my right to not exercise my right. Yeah. To vote. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's it's always a it's a it's a different point of view because you're exercising your right not to exercise the right. I'm exercising my right to show all of you that y'all suck. <laughs> That's pretty much what my vote was. You all suck. I don't trust you. All of you. Uh, but you I'm still in the system. Richard yeah, I'm part of Gordon. the system. Huh? Fucking Dick Gordon, dude. Yeah, I should have. I should have voted Dick inside there. Um, <laughs> but still, it has to be all or nothing. I was contemplating it. I was contemplating it. Maybe I should put at least person like Dick, and I think he's deserving. But the principle of it, the principle is that for me, it should be clean. Right, right. Like all or nothing, no half-assing. And not because, you know, uh, it has to be clean all the way. No, it has to be the entire system that I'm against. Right. And even if there are a few good men in that system, they're still part of that system. Heck, I'm part of the system. Because the mere fact that I'm voting and I'm telling, and with my vote, I'm telling this electorate, this everybody that, hey, the system sucks. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, yeah. Speaking yeah, my, my of point uh, is that. Uh, there were, were uh, another point that I was going to say about that. Yeah. Smartmatic employees are not allowed to touch the machines. Have I said that already? I think so. Not yet. For this recording, not yet, I guess. Uh, let's just say that you did. Let's just say I did. Smartmatic employees are not allowed to touch the machines, which is kind of funny. So they were pretty much there just to look and supervise. Yeah. Uh, the thing that the person she did, uh, it was a girl in our precinct at least, was only open the box and locked up the place where the SD card and the backup SD card will be. Like, not padlocked it, like some sort of thing. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> All right. It's not a padlock, but like, it's a lock. Yeah. Oh, um, 
So, so the reason, by the way, that we're talking about this uh, is because of the Philippine Linux Users Group, right? Yeah. Like they're doing, they, they want to do a source code review. Yeah, because there's a, a huge can not scandal in the vice presidential election, uh, in vice presidential election race. Yeah. Well, the close call has something to do with the hash codes and numbers suddenly appearing and disappearing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, um, it was, it was, if, if, if I understand it correctly, like in, uh, in like, like, like the 10,000 foot view is that the, uh, what, what are they called? The, the not, not hash codes. Um, the checksums didn't match or something like yeah, that. Yeah. The checksums didn't match. Right. So like, uh. based <laughs> on my understanding of it, because again, it's so iffy, blurry, whatever you want to call it. Like, even the messaging for me is confusing. Uh, my, my, my biggest concern with that is the biggest changes they did was not in the numbers, but in the name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, because y- y- you know what a checksum is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that means it won't add up even though, but they didn't change numbers. Okay. So a checksum is you download uh-huh. an ISO, you say you download Ubuntu 16.04, right? There is a file on, or there, there is an ISO on their server and they, uh, they make a checksum, right? It's, it's like this, this big, uh, it's like this, this, this string of numbers and letters, which is based on the file itself. So it computes for the checksum based on the file itself. And then you download the file onto your computer. And then ideally, if you're being, uh, if, if you're being like a, a paranoid security minded person, you calculate the checksum on your computer as well. And if the checksum that you uh, that that you get matches the checksum that Ubuntu gives you, then the file didn't change. Uh, for this one, it changed. Yeah. So apparently, if, if I understand what they're blabbing on about um, on TV and shit, it's that the checksums didn't match. From How did they find out about A it? To point B, I have no idea. Either way. <laughs> Much smarter people than us are looking into this, and they are the Philippine Linux Users Group. And um, so, if anybody have out yourself, there, yeah, if you're in the Philippines, have yourself added to the Linux group. Plug. Yeah. What's its yeah, name? Plug. The, um, I'm yeah, plug. I'm, I'm not sure. And, I think uh, it's just look up Philippine Linux Users Group. Yeah. Then slash plug. It's gonna be there. Um, and and. Uh, and while they were talking about like, and while they were talking about this whole thing, they also ended up organizing or starting to organize a meetup. So again, if anybody is, uh, interested and like around Manila, because it's probably going to be up there. Uh, Who knows? Might be in Cebu or Davao these days. Everything's happening in Davao. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Lots of flights out are happy. Like, a bunch of, fl- like, Davao currently these days are always fully booked. Flight in, flight out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, people figured out that, like, Cebu is becoming a little too much like Manila, so have to find another place <laughs> to expand. <laughs> have to find another place to urban yeah. sprawl the country. That's probably Davao. Not just that. <laughs> Not just that. Like, 
Manilenios will be curious, oh, so really, what is Davao? Or what will be Manila like in the next six years? Go to Davao. <laughs> or, or if you're from Davao, huh, new jobs are gonna spru- spruce up in Manila. I should head to Manila. Like, stuff like that's happening. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know. Um. Either way, uh, in an aside, uh, high, high chance that the meetup will be in Manila, just cause. Which yeah. means, do, do you want me to cover it? Schedule sure. allowing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, if you're in Manila, please do. Uh, or no, uh, like, because you're in get... Manila, please do. Uh, <laughs> want me to get footage or something? Eh, just not necessarily. Just show up, say hi, give them a bunch of stickers, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Mingle. Show them my netbook. Yeah. Probably give a system AU sticker to someone who's familiar with it. And if, and if, uh, and if Louis shows up, say hi to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should have a picture with him. Put it on the Twitters. Um, and. Who knows? We'd never know who would show up. All yeah. of a sudden, boom, Richard Stallman <laughs> does a surprise appearance. I'm still so pissed off that I missed his talk when he was in Cebu. Yeah, he was both in Cebu and in Manila. Well, he was in Manila. I was like, I think I was doing something else. I was, I was on an out of town shoot. So. Yeah, and he was speaking at exactly the same time I had my exam on taxation <laughs> or, or government. <laughs> or big government, especially this upcoming government. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually trying to find a nice little segue. I, ha- I had the perfect segue to talk about uh, Fedora and Linux Mint when you talked about half-assing earlier. <laughs> like, don't half-ass it. <laughs> Because, um, well, I, I suppose speaking of Stallman and like uh, free software, free as in Malaya software, free as in freedom, yeah, not freeness, not freeness. <laughs> uh, Fedora has always been a fairly um, freedom distribution, but apparently. There is, uh, there is a repository out there called United RPMs. Um, and it is a repository with stuff that makes Fedora usable to people that like things like MP3. <laughs> but it's not, it's not. Something similar to the restricted, to the Ubuntu restricted extras or something. Well, it's, it's sort of like the restricted extras. Uh, it's, it's, it's like one command and you have the repository installed, right? So like it should be just as easy as, you know, somebody can make like a, a, a GUI front end, like click to install. United RPMs for the ability to download VLC, like that, that sort of thing. Because it used to be a lot harder to do on Fedora, which is why Corora was such a great distribution. Because, oh, okay. Right, because Corora was Fedora with all of the stuff that makes Stallman angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that, that, that was it. Now, now it's becoming a little bit easier to install that sort of thing in Fedora. Because of uh, United RPMS, um, and that's that's what it looks like to me. PMS, right at the very end. Uh, 
So yeah, they have VLC virtual box, <laughs> KDN live, <laughs> like the G streamer codex, you know. <laughs> oh my god. It's funny because when you come from say OSX or Windows, then you hop into uh, open source distro. Like yeah. say an Ubuntu derivative, a vari- one of the various buntus. Right. You realize, man, I'm taking so much for granted. Then you go to Fedora <laughs> and then found out, ah, uh, yeah, GStreamer VLC. Kind of tough to get it, you yeah. know, get it working. Man, so many things, you know, you take for granted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it adds another layer. Although I will say that, like, Windows and Mac isn't all, like, sunshine and butterflies and shit. Because... No, it's not. You, s- you still have to get the the lame DLL for playing MP3s and stuff. Right? Like, yeah, sometimes just getting fonts for, like, the Microsoft TTF fonts just to get them yeah. to work to OS X. Like, what? what? Really? Yeah. Well, uh, now... So, so there's that, right? Like, uh, Fedora is becoming a little less hardline. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm not sure if it's like the Fedora project themselves, probably not, but uh, it's, um, we should probably check, but I, do you think so? Doesn't look like it, but if anybody out there knows, tweet us. Um, and on the other hand, or not on the other hand, but I wanted to talk about this in relation to Linux Mint because Linux Mint is, uh, doing the thing where they won't have the codecs on by default. So they're, they're, mm. yeah, they, they aren't, um, what's it called? They aren't pre-installing, like, all of the codecs. Yeah. And I just thought that it was an interesting, like, compare and contrast scenario. Hmm. And I was going to ask the question, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Or Exactly. Whatever. That's what I'm thinking now. Especially for Mint. Because, again, most of the arguments in the tech world uh, on the 92 plus episodes that we've been doing this, one of the biggest takeaways I've got is that it's always between a compromise of security versus, not vis-a-vis, but security and stability. Or security and convenience. Yeah, not stability. Convenience. Yeah, convenience. Convenience. Because sometimes secure is the same as stable, but like convenience and security. So by doing that, but by Mint doing that, I'm pretty sure that's removing a bit of convenience. Yeah. But then it does it always follow that you don't have like security, like, like security and convenience, uh, most of the time have like an inverse correlation, but not always, I guess. Uh, or you could also look at it this way. It's giving the power or the choice is towards the end user and not the distro. Yeah. 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 That's why but, I, that, that's why I like, that's why I really like Debian. Yeah. Because Debian is very much about choice. Like, um, and well, I guess Fedora is sort of going that way as well and looking at it from, you know, like Mint. Yeah, they're also going that way as well. It's like Debian, you can choose to download the version of Debian with the non-free repository in it. Like you can, you can say, do I want the free or do I want the non-free? Yeah, me, but given those, given that situation, what I want from distros at least is if there's developers listening to this episode, 
is make sure the choices will be accessible to the end user. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like idiot you know, proof. The way, <laughs> the way Ubuntu does it in the install is really good. Yeah. Like when they, they it's just a little checkbox there. So for me, it's as simple as a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Um, like you're customizing, like you're in a coffee shop, uh, a third generation coffee shop. Some of the things that Norm likes to frequent, um, a third generation <laughs> coffee shop, or or one of them artisanal food places where you could customize your serving size. They have meats or extra veggies or those things, but in distro form. For me, that is the most ideal. A choose your own adventure setup. Yeah, yeah, uh, but in in a lot of ways, I I would think that that is. Um, that is sort of when you decide which distro you're gonna use. You know, like like you you've seen you've seen that uh, what's it called? You've seen that uh, that that family tree of Linux distributions on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like you, you see Debian, it has all of those branches that come out of it, and you have Ubuntu with all the little branches. That's the choose your own adventure. No, it already starts. I think the choose your own adventure already starts at the moment that you choose your story <laughs> or your distro. Right, right. Like if you pick up a, a space title, choose your own adventure. It's not gonna have swamp monsters, or will it? I mean, it's not gonna have swamp <laughs> monsters. Right? So you're already limiting or restricting yourselves to the things you like. That's the reason yeah. why I tend to like Ubuntu derivatives. Like, that's, that's, that's my thing. I, I really like Ubuntu derivatives because it fulfills my needs. That's it. Right. But say, I've always wanted to try, um, not, not Kubuntu, what's, uh, OpenSUSE. There you go. I've always wanted to try OpenSUSE and really get into OpenSUSE. But, uh-huh. you know, it feels like not a chore, but I really, like, it, it feels like work going out. It feels like a task. But something natural for me is an Ubuntu derivative. Like, you're already limit starting your choose your own adventure by the sheer fact the mere that you choice. choose. Yeah, a mere choice of your prime distribution. Right. Then. The metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. And then you narrow it, and you further narrow it down by choosing your desktop environment. Mm hmm. And then you narrow it down by the programs that you get, by the packages that you want. Yeah. Until you get to the point of, to the font of your fold, of your uh, icons, to your shout out to our episode, to your uh, screens, uh, desktop wallpapers. Yeah. And what, what are they, um, like it will eventually what's, trickle. Uh, mm-hmm. And then what's, what's really interesting is, what happens when you like when when you when you first install the distribution, right? Like what uh, what adventures lie ahead? And some distributions do this better than others. So like yeah. like Crunchbang was really good, and Ubuntu oh, yes. Mate is really good, good when it comes to mm-hmm. the like this is. This is how you're going to choose your own adventure within the sort of walled garden of this of, of this our, particular distribution, like, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because like I um because I <laughs> I did something weird, right? Because like I have Ubuntu Mate installed, but uh, for for kicks, I also installed um, I installed OpenBox, right? So I just like on the Mate. Yeah, I just app get installed OpenBox. And okay, when I, then. yeah, when I log back in, 
and switched over to the open box like window manager thing i stopped and asked myself am i running ubuntu mate with open box or <laughs> is it like ubuntu with open box on top of it and ubuntu mate like on the other like side you know because that's confusing <laughs> right because like just simply running open box doesn't make it or yeah, not by, by, mate by, anymore <laughs> yeah it, it, it is no longer like a pure ubuntu mate experience seeing as mate is in the name of the distribution right and i would assume the same sort of thing like uh, when i was a very young linux user and i had normal ubuntu 11 10 or 1204 or whatever mm-hmm. um one of the things that i did was app get install the ubuntu desktop oh yeah yeah that's what i did too <laughs> <laughs> I also did that before, right? So does that make it an Ubuntu or does that make it a Zubuntu install? But you still have that piece of shit that is Unity like lying under the, you know, under the hood. Oh, well, it's bloated. Yeah. Well, fine, But you have both. Yeah. Well, fine. Not not, not you, a piece you have of shit. Both. You know, I've been running no. Mutiny on Ubuntu Mate, and I've sort of gotten used to it. Uh, but then to be fair, it has Numix on it, so like. Numix makes anything look good. Yeah. So, I mean, point is the adventure, you know, is the choose your own adventure keeps on going and going. Like again, just like wrestling, continuous state of second act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the what do you do you syndrome? Yeah, like wrestling and comics or so what do you do? You you choose uh say you're tired of this gimmick, you go to another. <laughs> Like in wrestling terms, if you're tired of a gimmick, you refresh your character. So, if you're, you know, you feel that the distro you're using is uh, like, yeah, you know, maybe a change of flavor, you go ahead and do that. So, going back to uh, Mint's choice, at the end of the day, for me, at least they're trusting their user base. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, always good. Because say if somebody was not able to, you know pick up the proper things that they want for their distro. You can always go to the community. And Mint has a great community anyway. Yeah. And um and the the award for most contrived. No, not contrived. The most you're going to like what we do distro is elementary. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 a tie between them and normal Ubuntu. Like, <laughs> it's funny that I mean, this is a bit of an aside. Ubuntu is already short, and then we add an entire word in front of it <laughs> and call it normal Ubuntu. When Ubuntu is the shortest thing already. Yeah, but you know how it is, right? It's like I'm I'm running Ubuntu. Like, which with, one? <laughs> which one? Normal exactly. Ubuntu. So. Like, instead of going Ubuntu twice, you might as well, like up front, say normal Ubuntu. <laughs> exactly, because it's whatever the fuck Canonical says is the default. <laughs> because there was a time when Ubuntu ran GNOME, <laughs> which is the one I used way way back. Yeah, that 2010, like the first one. The first time I used Linux was exactly the time that they made Unity default. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, 
this is different. <laughs> but it really, really is a different experience. Yeah. Have we... We might have done an episode about this. We should do an episode about this. Let's just take note of that. You want to do a throwback episode like when I head there on September or anytime soon? uh, Let's do something for episode 100, like if we can. Yeah, I'm thinking... Why don't we do episode zero (laughs) or episode negative one? Okay, because I really want to do like uh, Ubuntu 9.10 gets the third world treatment. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like, how far have we come, you know, from wh- for me at least when I started Linux around that time? Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of things have become different these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the thing that I was thinking was, like, uh, is, is it, again, it's one of those questions, is it good or bad if, or given that, um, you're, a lot, a lot of people's first introduction into Linux, provided they're not being uh, coerced, <laughs> e- e- eased, shall we say? Now, provided they're not okay. being eased into it by you know their kids, two young whatever. impressionable podcasters who are <laughs> yeah. sometimes good looking in the evenings. <laughs> Kidding aside, um, with voices for radio, um, that <laughs> that right now the like the desktop paradigm or the, the desktop metaphor um, that that has been the standard dominated by uh-huh. you know Windows XP and Mac OS like the the, the two different styles right um, to have that completely broken by unity like like it's 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 a jarring transition to go from like a Windows 7 to a normal Ubuntu yeah like I, I found that to be really good uh, for me when I started using Linux, just the just just being jarred out of a Windows environment. It forced me to think to myself, like, shit, I have to learn something because this is different. No, for me, the rule of cool rule of cool applied. This is uh, cool, and you know me, I'm one of them nonconformist, but actually conforms to being nonconformist. So. <laughs> Like, oh, everybody's using OS X. Everybody's using Windows. I'm going to use Linux. Why? Because nobody in this university uses it. Then lo and behold, I went to the fifth floor IT department. Everybody's using Ubuntu uh, 9.04. 10.04 at that time. It became 10.04. And then it was X, Valles, who told me like, oh yeah, you're using Linux. We do that. We use that in the IT department. There's an entire department who uses it here. What? I'm not unique. I'm not cool. By being a non-conformist, I'm conforming. No. So to anybody that to, to anybody that's listening from the IT department of our old university, hi. <laughs> oh, cool. Keep keep at it. Yeah. Is there? Um. I still think they do because one of the like I, I think one of their deans is making it a strict requirement. That you have to learn how to, like, run Linux. Yeah. Yeah, you should, because, like, exactly. everybody... <laughs> and I think it's part of us as admin class. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no there's no way around that. Exactly. You, you are going to have to use Linux when you run, you know. Um, and and I, I would think that everybody... Be- because, because everybody pretty much has, like, either a Windows or a Mac, right? Uh, a Windows machine or a Mac close by. 
it sort of behooves us as not not us but like it it users it makes a lot of sense for an information uh, school a college of information technology to teach linux because you sort of assume that everybody in that class knows how to run windows and or OS OSX Yeah. To yeah. be honest, it would be fun. It's one of one of that's one of the things that I was like wondering. Like I've always wanted to be. We both wanted to teach at our former university. I'm not sure if still have that fire in you. Uh, but it would died it be a funny? Long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> would it be funny if the IT department was the one who hired us? <laughs> hey, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Exactly. I say yes to that. <laughs> the watches they hire us for like like their multimedia class. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna create music. I'm gonna do the visuals. And be like, hey, here's how you make a podcast. You know that that, that sort of thing. And here's how you manage it. Um, Step one: Do you have a best friend? Step two: Do you have time? <laughs> Step three: Ten dollars for GoDaddy. <laughs> mics, ah, who said mics are not important? <laughs> Step four: Stockings. <laughs> Secure them stockings. Anyway, um, huh? Uh, fun thought. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think we should title this convenience or not convenient. Yeah, convenience or security. Because the elections, yeah. they were hella convenient. How many security holes have you seen, though? <laughs> and this is just me telling you about the elections. Yeah. You, when I was there, me and my sister were like, "Look at that! Look at that! Look at that!" I was telling my sister, "Look at that! That's a hole. That's a vulnerability. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that!" I was just telling her that. Yeah. Um, speaking, you would have of... lost your mind <laughs> if you were there. Okay. Huh. Hmm. Transition to Debian. <laughs> I was trying to okay. transition to Debian earlier, but we went on an even better tangent, <laughs> talking about our former university and all that. Um. Because we're in the third world, uh, this is a PSA. Uh, Debian has dropped or is is going to drop uh, support for a number of processors, like uh, a number of really old processors. Um, it's on one of their mailing lists. And like before the show, I was asking AG, "Are you familiar? Like, are you familiar with the Intel MMX?" Or the in- Intel's Pentium MMX. You're like, the fuck is that? So, um, it, it is, well, it was, it was, uh, in the, it was released in, like, the mid late 90s, apparently. Mm hmm. Mid so, late 90s. Okay. So, um, Debian is dropping support for 20 year old hardware. <laughs> like, that that gives that that's too much. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised, especially in you know again my mountain metaphors. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I think Debian is one of the few like distributions that still uh, that that still holds on to the i three eighty six thing, because if I remember correctly, some time ago the mainline kernel was like fuck i three eighty six man that shit's really old. And like only really do i six eighty six now, so I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> no idea what those are. Nope. 
Back then, yeah. I really wasn't into hardware. When I was a kid, I really wasn't into the hardware part of computing. Mm. I was, was into the, the what? I was I I I remember I first got connected 1996 or 1994. I think 1996. That was the first time I got connected to the internet. How how old were you? When you how old were you when you first took apart a computer? Fourteen. Oh. But I didn't pay attention. Like I just cleaned it, not even disassembled it. Okay. I did my first assembly was when I was sixteen. Already, was I in college then? I remember my first when I assembled my first box was I, I was incoming freshman. Yeah, around sixteen. Okay. So sixteen, seventeen. Hmm. When, because I, I distinctly remember it was when we first. Moved back to the Philippines, so that was that must have been around 1999. Uh, when th- that was the first time that I opened up a computer, took it apart, <laughs> and put it back together. <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, oh, oh okay, so, good, good, good. So this is what uh, the the master slave thing is like. And now kids will never know the master slave thing with hard drives. Good for them. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind, because mm. they're probably gonna learn it from something a lot more basic. Unless our future, I, I, I mean, probably our future kids will, because I'm pretty sure they're not gonna grow up with the way that we grew up with desktops. I think they're gonna grow up in my household at least with uh, Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. One of my oh, well. dreams for my kids to be a software engineer. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I told you about like my 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 plans for when I have children, right? Like, no, not yet. That's like an episode we should save. Okay. <laughs> At least we now have an episode for next week. It isn't very much, but you know, we, we can, can talk squeeze about it out. The, yeah, or we can talk about it in the supporter show, and then yeah, talk I mean, about it could it be a supporter show. Yeah. Uh, speaking of supporter show, uh, that is some of the folks that God, I still haven't like sent emails to people saying like, hey. Thanks for like supporting us. Um, here are the shows, but like you, you get them on uh, you get them on Patreon, right? So uh, for the folks that are on Patreon, thank you so much. Um, You're helping us unsuck. Yeah, uh, and, and so that 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 would be Patreon.com/slash Channel14. Uh, you get the supporter shows emailed to you automatically. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Less work for me, um, and like you know, I post stuff on there as well. Uh, the keep on Linuxing sticker. I, I th- we should we should print some of those out. We, and we can bring them, them to the <laughs> bring to the plug meetup. But like I posted it on the Patreon page. Uh, mm-hmm. The new album art that we got, which is you know, I kind of like it. Like the color, it's all mm-hmm. it's it's less photo anyway. Yeah, that, that, that was there first as well. Um, and, well, I guess for podcasts and stuff, head over to channel14.com, channelfortn.com. Follow yeah. us at our social channels at Third World Linux and uh, for everything that is Third World Linux and uh, at CH14 for, you know, Channel 14 stuff like our other shows where we tweet from. Check them out. Uh, Radio Norm. Tales of uh, somebody, like, fat dude. <laughs> well, he's not fat anymore. He's going to the gym. And he's... I think he's gonna record something about it in a funny manner with jazz on the background. 
And it's going to come out in like fucking October. <laughs> most likely, most likely. Uh, listen out to Radio Norm. And if you're into professional wrestling, uh, sports entertainment, especially in the local scene, uh, check out Jobber Talk. Jobber Talk with Martin. We like never endorse Bodeganize. Bodeganize. Yeah, well, Bodeganize. That's also a thing. Yeah. I, 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 actually, I actually... Well, the thing about Bodeganize, it's, it, it's either good or is fucking horrible. Yeah. Like, depending on who's on it, it's, it's a bit of a crapshoot. I like it like that. Yeah, I also although, like it like that. Although... So, it's a surprise every time you listen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like that um, it's like that Harry Potter uh, jelly bean. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bertie Bots. Bernie Bots. Bertie Bots. Every flavored beans. Yeah, and... Uh, what else? Email us. Emails? Email us. Yeah. yeah, Linux at channel14.com for Third World Linux or... Or uh, contact at channel14.com for all of the other guys. Like, um, yeah. So until next week, keep on Linuxing and do things for love. This far, this is the off-tangent section. Woohoo! <sighs> Under the advice of my girlfriend, uh-huh. uh, she told me you're too stressed these days, and I think it's because you stopped playing video games. And I was like, you are God's gift to me, you know that. <laughs> Where would you hear a girlfriend to tell you, you should play video games again? <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of video games, Fucking Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered. Exactly. Right. Um, I, I, I absolutely love that they did an HD remake. Yeah, so, so this is... Even uh, though it's irrelevant to us because we play in a PC anyway. But then again, at least this is going to give us guaranteed 60 frames per second. Yeah. Oh. But you could, get, you could get 60 frames just by fucking dropping your settings down to... <laughs> you know. Yeah, but we could get... I know, I, I think... Before it was capped at around 30. Okay. Now we yeah. can get 60 frames. Now we can get up to high resolutions. And, uh, you know, your effects or graphics. It's pretty much going to be pretty. And for those who are uninitiated, <laughs> Call of Duty was the game that almost ruined our college lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Call of Duty, man. Favorite map? Oh my god! Uh, oh, this is Call of Duty Four, by the way. So this is yeah, Modern Warfare. Uh, yeah, the first Modern Warfare. Um, yeah. Ooh, I want to say Wet Work, but it's not my map. Like it's Grant's map. It's it's his. It, he owns it. Like it's like like he ninja is hiding in the fucking beast. shadows. Yeah, right? he is a beast on that map. Uh. Backlot is everybody's favorite. It's the most balanced, unbalanced map ever. Right. Yeah. We <laughs> play that game so much that I, I have no idea which one to choose. Because we know each and every weakness. Mm, yeah. Well, it's, it's weird, though, because uh, it, it, it was we, we were very good. 
like as a as as a group, we were very good at a very specific mode. Like we were excellent. Yeah, all else, at, <laughs> sabotage. Yeah, what was it? We were excellent at sabotage in hardcore mode. Um, and like like if you put me in normal, I'm absolutely useless because uh, everything don't that die I did in a few hits. Yeah, yeah, because like um, because what I what I used was an M16 with a red dot sight. Uh, stopping power, um, bandolier, deep impact. maybe? And deep impact, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and what I did was I sniped. <laughs> so I sniped with a, a, an M16 with a red dot, like a true Filipino, right? Because like all of our snipers here use modified use M16s. M16s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with an effective range of eight, nine hundred meters. Yeah. Um, and a lot of maps were small in COD 4, so, for the most part, except in, say, a map like Block. You could snipe from one end of the map to the other. Um, like Crossfire, for example, was just good enough. Like Crossfire, man. That, that's like the sniper's Where map, dude. It's a sniper's map, of course, because of the shape of how the map goes. I think my favorite lot is the one with the trains. Uh-huh. With the train station and sewers. Pipeline? Uh, Pipeline. Yeah, yeah, Pipe- pipeline. That was really good, man. Getting on. That's the my roof. favorite map. Yeah, getting on the just because, you know, in my playstyle, for those unfamiliar, and if you if you love Call of Duty, you know what I I play as a ghost. Yeah, so that's that my build. Be... That's my go-to. And in that map, there are so many spots that you could not sneak but flank enemies or go around them and whatnot. Yeah. So wait, what was what was your build? You used an MP MP5 silence. MP5 uh, silence. You, your secondary uh, was an M9? M9 silence. Because they share uh, ammo. Yeah. UAV jammer. Uh, what's the sprint? I forgot the sprint. Yeah, that one. Extreme conditioning. And extreme conditioning. And three times... Not three frags. Th- um, no, not three, three frags. flashbangs. Three flashbangs. Nope. Not flash even... Bang. Not flashbang. Not stun. Not even stun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The master of the stun grenade was Norm. <laughs> yeah. Norm was the master of the stun grenade. Right. So, um, and this, this is, uh, this is the reason that we worked so well together when we were playing Call of Duty. Because if you look at Call of Duty maps, they're a lot like Dota, right? You have three lanes. <laughs> All maps can be divided yeah. into three lanes. Into three lanes. And like, sort of as an addendum, you can get from one lane to the other near the middle. Um, perfect example is Ambush. It's pretty much a Dota map. Yeah. Yeah. So, you have three lanes, and then you have like this way to get into the other lanes right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Ambush. Uh, you know, same thing happens with blocks. Same thing happens with wet works. Like all Everything. Call of Duty maps are more or less except, the same. Except, I think the one that small map where there's a warehouse. Shipment. That is no, not, not shipment. <laughs> kill house. Um, That's a DLC uh, map. <laughs> not kill house. Not Chinatown. The the one where there's like vacant vacant is it vacant vacant v- vacant vacant was one with the cqb and there was like a little uh, a little yard in yeah. the middle yeah it that, becomes cqb and then there's an open space outside yeah, for me i, I always find fucking imbalanced yeah because it's so imbalanced when you're starting from inside because there's no way to protect it if you're coming in and breaching it while yeah. the outside is so open <laughs> and very yeah. vulnerable to airstrikes yeah and choppers man the, it's and like choppers. choppers don't have to move around too much anymore. They, just, they yeah. just sort of camp outside. They just strafe. For um, me, that that's my biggest problem about that map. 
Yeah. So uh, it was really weird, right? And um, uh, our yeah, uh, uh, friend, friend of the show, Cody Cooper, likes it when we talk about Call of Duty strategy. So um, the way <laughs> <Okay>. we uh, <laughs> the way we did it, the, the way we worked with the three lanes was because I was sniping. I would make sure that you have this one lane that is absolutely locked down. So either the left lane or the right lane. Um, then, and you know, came to like finding the, finding like good spots to lock down the different lanes. So like with ambush, for example, hop into one of the buildings, you get a clear shot of this entire lane. Um, say with crash, uh, that building, man, that building makes sure that nobody gets through the middle. There's that tall building. Um, and if you spawn on the other side, or if, if you're starting on the other side, you have the house. You can lock down an entire lane from that house overlooking the bomb site. Um, so yeah, I, I locked down one lane, and then AG flanks because everybody is making sure that everybody is not, eyes on the bomb. Yeah, everybody's eyes on the bomb. The way I thought it worked was everybody was making sure that they're not in my lane because yeah. that's like insta-death. No, insta what happens is they get funneled to a kill zone. Yeah. And all of the people that manage to not get into the kill zone, which is... You either, take them out. Yeah. So, so you sort of take out the stragglers with your ninja moves and you got Norman Paolo like taking out everybody that made it to the kill zone. Yeah. They're the main force. Like, they're the ones who are pushing it. Yeah. Because what, what tends to happen sometimes is when there's too much heat or I generate too much heat, I attract the attention, which leaves Norm, the freedom, or whoever our teammates are, to push. Yeah. Or if yeah. they're concentrating too much on pushing, that's where... I, that, that, for me, that's why I realize I cause the most havoc when everybody is so concentrated on pushing. And notice that I don't pick up the bomb at those times. Yeah. Because for me... The 10 seconds that the people are dead on the other team is 10 seconds that we can move the bomb freely. And right. in, it's, it's like, it's a game of timings, sabotage. Cause sometimes we, we've come up to that point from our spawn point. We could know, okay, it's going to take us four seconds to sprint to the bomb, five seconds to defuse it. We have two seconds allowance in case we yeah. need to kill someone on the way. We, it, come, it has come to a point like that. It has become a game of inches. And Norm has mastered that for some odd reason. He's the best one at that. Yeah, there, there was a, there was a time, right? Like whenever, um, whenever the whenever our team planted the bomb, the first thing I would do was switch class to 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 a guy with an M4 if I had an M4 if I'd leveled up by that time and martyrdom. So, <laughs> like, and, and just stand by the bomb. And this works great for capture of the flag as well. Like, it was, it was really funny. I forgot who it was the first time. Must have been Miko or could have been you. Like, takes me out going in for the diffuse and you hear a thing, thing, thing. 